You're listening to Not Average Politics. Common Sense Politics. Follow on Twitter at NotAvPolitics. Audio on iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Now get ready to make internet talk radio great again, because it's time to talk about politics. Oh, and some other stuff. And we are back from the intro, and we're going to be talking about the UK's new prime minister. So basically, on, I think it was the 11th of July, right? Yeah, the 11th, it was Wednesday. Um, England, their prime minister, David Cameron, stepped down after the Brexit thing. He basically gave up and threw in the towel because he's like, well, my country is gone. We don't exist anymore. And Theresa May steps in, and honestly, I think she's a baller. Like, this is a new Thatcher. And I'm going to get into why I think that. Um, Mainly just because she's like... She's just... I like a lot of her views and stuff. She seems like a real good person. Also, she appointed Boris Johnson as the foreign minister, so I mean... She instantly yeah. has to be the best world leader of all time. Everybody in, like, England was like, oh, Boris Johnson, he's dead politically. Why is he talking about Brexit? And then Theresa May gets into office and he becomes the foreign minister. So, yeah. I, yeah, I really I like her. man, Boris. Yeah, Boris Johnson is... Yeah, he's something. He's like the UK's version of Donald Trump. Yeah. Um... Uh, let's see. Um, politics are hilarious. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, basically, she just wants to. Her plan is to just kind of reunite the UK after the Brexit thing. Everybody got mad, and then they're gonna make the country great again. So it's kind of the Donald Trump stuff. Um. Yeah, she's basically she's a lot like Cameron was. She's very pragmatic, but she's, like, smarter than Cameron, I think. Yeah, but, like, on, on most of the issues, she just takes kind of a common-sense approach to it. You know, very pragmatic. Um, yeah, I'm reading... she's yeah you can go read about her her name's Theresa may the new prime minister of britain um i really like her i also like that boris johnson is the new foreign minister because i love boris johnson just because he's literally like the english donald trump um what are your opinions about the new prime minister and stuff austin i think it's kind of weird how like so one decision happens, and then you just step down as leader. Like, I think David Cameron's kind of weak, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was a really uh, kind of weak move. You know, people elect, well, it's parliament, so, I mean, you didn't technically get elected. But, you know what I mean? Same kind of indirect vote for him. So, yeah, definitely weak leadership from David Cameron, who I've never really liked to begin with, so glad to see him gone. Never really heard of uh, Theresa May, but she seems seems cool. 
Yeah, she's just like a better leader than Cameron. Cameron was just kind of a weak person. Like he didn't yeah. seem like he had, you know, like strength and leadership. I um, blame Cameron for Brexit happening. Yeah. Not and, fixing the issues internally. Yeah. In the UK. Boris Johnson's now basically in charge of carrying Brexit through and actually, like, conducting the official stuff to leave the EU, which is nice. He's the person that I would want there, either that or Nigel Farage, but Nigel retired after Brexit because he's an old dude. So, but yeah, Nigel was the guy who was basically just pushing Britain to do that. He was the leader of UKIP, the United Kingdom Independence Party, wanting to get independence for the UK. And, yeah, so he was pushing for that. I would have liked to have seen him as foreign minister, but again, he's old. He retired. Well, he's older, and he decided to retire from politics and stuff because he basically achieved his goal. And now Boris Johnson, who was the... Mayor of London. Mayor of London, third mayor. No, second second mayor of London, I think. Um, he is now the foreign minister. So... Yeah, I think he's the second mayor of London. Don't quote me on that. He might be the third. I don't know. It's kind of confusing over there. Yeah, I know. Because, like, London was, like, recreated in, like, the 90s, basically, on paper. Like, the city was still the same, but, like, they reorganized everything. So then their, like, mayorship started over. So there was some dude who was elected as an independent, and he was the first. And then he was reelected as a Labour Party. And then Boris Johnson, conservative, and then now, um, what's his name? <laughs> he's starts with an S. I forget, but he's the third mayor. So yeah, yeah. This is yeah. It's just an interesting thing if you don't know a lot about UK politics. It's kind of interesting to look at it if you're not from the UK, just because it's different. Uh, Sadiq Khan. Yeah, Sadiq Khan. So. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and move on. We're going to talk about the civil war in Turkey, the war that lasted, like, several hours, basically. And basically, I don't really know that much about it, because I know, like, the government side to it, and they're just kind of like, well, some members of the military just kind of tried to take over, and then, yeah, that's what happened. But um, the military, I think they would have been a lot more successful in their attempt to commit the coup in Turkey. Just if they would have, like, actually said why they were doing it. Because that was never communicated, of why they were cooing. So when you have the president who's saying that this coup is a threat to democracy, the people need to get out into the streets and protest it, that then the people are just like, yeah, let's do that. But if the coup, the people conducting the coup, respond saying that we're fighting for this, this, and this, and the people tend to agree with that, then they're less likely to go support the president. So then you don't have to use as much force to try and do it. But instead, they just kind of stayed silent and tried to, like, basically just use brute force to kick out the current government. And that didn't work because they didn't have the support of the people. So, yeah. I don't really know what their motivation was. A lot of people think it was just kind of a bunch of issues that have occurred. Uh, Turkey just passed some legislation that uh, basically gave a lot of judicial power to the president and the parliament and taking away power from the judicial branch and they like purged like 2000 judges from around the country and five of those were like they're essentially they're like supreme court type judges 
And it was just, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy stuff happening. Yeah, and then also a lot of other people think it might be because the military, those military officers saw the threat of um, something that Turkey's wanting to do, which is making Syrian refugees that come to Turkey citizens. Like if a Syrian refugee just comes to Turkey, they'll just be a citizen. They don't have to do anything. And they see that as a security threat and they might have been acting in that regard. But really, from what I can read, I've been trying to research this, and I can't find exactly why they tried to coup in Turkey. Like, yeah. There's just nothing. The coup just kind of happened, and they didn't have a reason. They haven't stated a reason, at least. That's why I think it's a power attempt from Aragdon. Yeah? That's what I'm thinking. Cause like it's like the worst planned coup ever. Like nothing happens, right? Like they don't really do anything well, except for like block like bridges, people died. airports. Which people died, but I mean it's just some civilians, you know, civilian casualties. You're all good, right? Not like half of them were police officers. Uh, yeah, they're civilians. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, so we'll deal with that. So this it's it's all. It's all a rock, and I'm telling you, I'm believing that 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 rumor. Yeah. So you think it was a fake coup? I think it was a fake coup. I don't also think it was. Also because I don't like Turkey, and I, I think they're pretty shady over there, anyways. Yeah, it is a pretty shady country. A lot so, of their dealings. They still won't admit that they committed the Armenian genocide. So. Which they weren't even the same country. So like, I don't. I feel like it's okay, to like. Yeah, say that. That was, right? that was the Ottomans, right? Yeah, because yeah, it happened Ottomans during World War One. So I mean, I feel like even though you're the successor child to the Ottomans as Turkey, I feel like you can still acknowledge it happened. Yeah, it's still it's a crime to even say it happened in Turkey. Like, yeah, yeah. There, basically, Turkey is a terrible country, and really, especially with their yeah closeness to Syria. Yeah. I just hate them because of all of their free speech censorship and stuff like that. Like, a lot of, like, Americans are like, oh my god, it, there's a coup in Turkey. This could be, like, a military dictator trying to rise up, and we need to protect democracy and stuff. Like, they're not very democratic. Their government restricts, like, a lot of what the people can see and hear. So when you do that, the people can't make educated decisions. So it's really not a democracy. Yeah, we should kick them from NATO, honestly. I don't know. Yeah. Why they're in NATO to begin with? Yeah, it's just terrible. See, because my my theory here is if Russia wants to invade Turkey, they can go for that. I don't really care. Good for them. They invade Turkey so that way they can invade Syria more easily, right? And then we just let Russia have and deal with the Middle East, even if it includes taking them over. Yeah. The world's too insensitive. It's like, people can't declare war on each other because that's bad. Yep. Oops, I feel like if Russia phone. were to handle the Middle East problem by themselves, you know, they just... Georgia, which is rightfully theirs, technically, in my opinion, because that it was Russian land at one point in time. Um, I don't know. That's just my theory on things. I think... Especially as a member of the armed forces, I would rather have Russian blood in the Middle East, especially when they're willing to, 
they've said they are going to, but the UN's like, can't do that. Nope, can't do it. So, yeah. I say if Russia wants to do it, then they should be able to do it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people like to look at Turkey and they don't look at Turkey for what it is. They're like, oh my God, it's fellow democracy. And yeah, Turkey is a terrible, terrible country. Um, their people do not have very much liberty at all. So, yeah, I don't really feel that bad for Turkey. Um, and the Turkish government having to deal with the coup and stuff. Like, I was kind of rooting for the military, even though I didn't know what they were wanting. Um, just because really anything in Turkey right now would be better than their current government. So, yeah. I also thought it was kind of childish of the president to be like, people go get in the streets and, you know, help our country. Like, he didn't have the resources to deal with the coup himself, so he had to call his citizens into the streets. Like, usually when something like that happens, when the military is taking to the streets trying to overthrow the government, the government instructs the people to remain in their houses and remain calm. But he's instructing them to, like, go out into the streets and riot and stuff. Endangering his people. Yeah. Like, that's literally endangering your people. He does not have his people's well-being at the forefront of his interests. So, terrible leadership in Turkey. Definitely needs a change. I don't know how you fix it. Like Austin said, maybe Russia just needs to take him over. Take him over, man. So Rightful Russian clay. Yep. We're going to go ahead and move on and talk about some more domestic occurrences in politics here in the U.S. But we're going to take a quick break first so we can collect our thoughts and maybe get a drink because my throat's getting tired. So I'll see you guys on the other side of this break. And we are back from that quick break, and we're going to be talking about the Supreme Court justice that bashed Trump, which was Ruth Bader, uh what's her last name? Ginsburg. 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 Yep. Ginsburg. So, is it Bader? It's Bader. Okay. Yeah, Bader. Basically... She's Supreme Court Justice. Not a lot of people know who they are because they're not really active in politics because they're not supposed to be. They're appointed there to make decisions. But she decided to become active in politics. Some of you might recognize her, though. She's the lady during all of the uh, State of the Nation addresses who's in the front row in a black robe sleeping. Um, I think... I mean, come on. She's like 90 years old. She's 83. I, I would... 90 years old, pretty much. She... She's got the right to sleep. I'd probably fall asleep. Yeah. Um, Yeah, basically what she said is she was talking about Trump as a faker. She was saying that he just says whatever he wants to get elected and all that. He said that on CNN, or she said that on CNN. And basically most people in America are just kind of like, eh, that's not a problem. You know, she's a Supreme Court justice. She can say things. You know, they're looking at her just like she's a politician or something. But the problem with this is she's a Supreme Court justice. She 
in her oath is supposed to be like apolitical. She's not supposed to be involved in politics. She's supposed to be there to make decisions when it's brought to her. You know, decisions on constitutionality of laws and other such stuff. Um, and she's not supposed to support or oppose and criticize political um, candidates. She's supposed to just be there to make decisions to be Supreme Court Justice. That's the way their oath is set up. That's the way they're designed to be. So in doing this, it depends on how you kind of interpret their oath. But she might have broken her oath in doing this. But either way, it was very inappropriate for a Supreme Court justice to do this, and I don't think the American people are realizing that, because a lot of people are taking to social media like, she did nothing wrong, and other people are freaking out. And yes, she did do something very wrong in doing this, and she has said that she um, she regrets those statements and wishes she hadn't made them. And also, Donald Trump was calling for her resignation. So... His exact words were, her mind is shot, resign. Which I don't think that would be inappropriate of her to resign after that, because that really is, like, super inappropriate for a Supreme Court justice to criticize a political candidate. They're supposed to be silent, just be there, make decisions, and they're supposed to be totally unbiased in their decisions, not towards a certain party, not towards a certain political candidate, but just to make decisions. And, yeah, she got involved in politics when she shouldn't have. What are your opinions on this, Austin? That, um... Supreme Court justices are given the privilege to be Supreme Court justices by being nonpartisan. And... Uh, bipartisan, sorry. Kind of seeing both sides of the story. Kind of seeing how it is from a constitutional standpoint. They don't really have any uh, political authority in a they just don't have any political authority in that kind of way they should be kind of neutral and not really make comments like that completely inappropriate from her to say stuff like that yeah there's just really no point to it it's not adding anything to it you know it's yeah. it's kind of like why say it you know not really. I don't know. That's, I just don't really understand. Well, because she got mad. She got triggered because well, you, of Donald you, Trump. You get mad. You know, I get mad about a lot of things. It doesn't mean I go out and say it. Like, Yeah. Especially if I'm given a point of power like that. Like, Yeah, where you swear an oath that you're not going to be biased. You're going to view things and uh, pass judgment on them according to the Constitution and the American values that we hold. So... It's just not her place, you know? No. It's, it's, you know, maybe it's... It's Hillary Clinton's place because she has... You know, she's running for president, you know? It's her job, not... Yeah. The Supreme Court Justice's job. She doesn't need her fighting her battles for her. And now that... uh, Geinsberg has said this... If Donald Trump's ever brought to the Supreme Court in a suit or whatever, she shouldn't be allowed to rule in any of those cases. She should have to abstain from that vote because she's shown that she has a bias against him, which she's supposed to be unbiased because she's a Supreme Court justice, and they're appointed there to make decisions and not be biased. So, of course, if it's going to be a suit 
against Trump, she's going to vote yes on it. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you're dealing with something like Supreme Court where there really isn't a jury and the jury is the judges, um, like there's a reason why if you go to jury duty, they ask you so many questions to see if you're biased or not. You know, the easiest way to get out of jury duty is just to say that you hate women and you hate or you hate black people. Like, it's that simple. Yeah. They just won't take you. So when you're when you're supposed to be a juror like the Supreme Court judges are, then which I think it'd be a good thing because we're already are we still lacking one Supreme Court? Yes. Is, the, is the Senate still doing their stuff? So that's just gonna bring us down to seven. So then we'll have an odd number again. So, yeah, but the general assumption is she's getting really close to where she like should retire basically, and um, she's gonna retire. Uh, tactfully she's or tactically um because if donald trump gets elected i'm guessing she'll go as long as she can just so donald trump doesn't get to appoint a new supreme court justice but if hillary gets elected since she bader is very very liberal in her decisions and everything she will want to be replaced by a liberal just because that's that conforms to her political ideology so if Hillary gets elected, she'll probably retire. Carter, but, if I remember. Yeah, I think so. I don't know, Bill Clinton. Something like that. Yeah, she was appointed by Clinton. She's not that old. As far as been the string. I, I, hold on, nominated by Jimmy Carter. Never mind, I don't know why I saw Bill Clinton. I mean, could have been either Oh, of them. she's been nominated by... Okay, so... She she was nominated to the Supreme Court of the United States by Bill Clinton, and then she was nominated into the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia by Jimmy Carter. Yeah. So. So, yeah, she, she said that she regrets making those comments and stuff, and she's kind of trying to backtrack on them, but, uh, yeah, it's not working. People should be upset. She's been for 20 three years she's been there since 1993 yeah yeah people should be upset it was very inappropriate and people who don't think that it's inappropriate you have no clue how the american political system is supposed to work her showing a clear bias against a political candidate goes against her oath so but we're gonna go ahead and have another break i know that was kind of a short little midsection there there wasn't really that much to talk about on that topic but um it's hard when we're missing yeah we're missing we're missing eric um he talks all the time so he's all our runtime yeah so we're gonna go ahead and move on and we're gonna talk about lynch versus congress and then close out with uh comment section and chill time so we will be right back back from that quick break and we're going to be talking about Loretta Lynch versus Congress. 
Um, this is a part of our reoccurring segment on the Clinton email stuff. And the week prior, they called FBI Director Comey to testify before Congress because basically he outlined how Hillary Clinton has broken the law and then said, yeah, I'm not recommending we press charges. Sorry. Um, now they've brought Loretta Lynch, who is the uh, attorney general for the U.S., the leader of our uh, Department of Justice, before Congress because she chose to follow Comey's uh, decision on not pressing charges. And basically why that's a problem is is because she's basically just saying, yeah, I'm not going to do my job and actually decide to prosecute this. I'm going to let the investigator decide. The investigator is supposed to just gather the evidence and present it before her, and she makes a decision. But she just said, I'm going to do whatever he says. And she went before Congress, where they just asked her about all that stuff, and she basically just said, refer to Comey's press conference. So she was not wanting to take responsibility for the decision of not pressing charges against Clinton and the email stuff. And basically, if you count just saying to refer to the other guy's thing as pleading the fifth, she has pleaded the fifth almost 75 times throughout this whole entire, uh, uh, what would you call it? Um, what, what is it called? I'm drawing a blank. What now? When you're drawn, when you're, uh, when you're, um, put before Congress, this, it's a deposition. Basically it's basically, it's a deposition. So she's basically plead the fifth, like 75 times before Congress, which pleading the fifth means that you choose to not incriminate yourself um, by answering their questions. So, yeah, everybody's kind of mad about it. Oops. Ah, I'm messing things up. Clicking wrong buttons. Um, yeah. She should have made the, de the decision herself and not referred to Comey's decision because he shouldn't have been making that decision. His job as the leader of the FBI is to lead investigations, to oversee them and make sure that enough evidence is gathered and whatnot. And then she, as the attorney general, is a prosecutor and should prosecute the case or decide whether or not to prosecute the case. Having an investigator decide whether or not to prosecute a case is not appropriate. They're not a prosecutor. They're an investigator. So... She needs to, yeah, she needs to really man up and kind of we'll take the blame for this. 2016. Yeah, take the blame for this because she is in the wrong. Also, with her meeting with Bill Clinton, there's no telling what they talked about. They say it was just grandkids and stuff. I really doubt that. I think Bill Clinton was going to try and butter her up to make the decision not to prosecute and she's like i don't want to be involved in this so she just threw it onto the fbi director's shoulders and the fbi director's like oh my god why do i have to do this so yeah in my view hillary clinton is guilty of gross negligence and possibly perjury before congress and should be charged for that and yeah this is a huge failure in our department of justice not prosecuting the case and it's not even, if there's enough evidence the FBI director can say that she was grossly negligent, then you should prosecute the case. It's not his determination. He's not the judge, jury, and executioner of 
everything. You know, in America, to be, like, to prove whether you're guilty or innocent, you go to a court. You're innocent until proven guilty, but still, you're prosecuted before a court and the court makes a decision, not the FBI director. The police officer that arrests you doesn't say, oh yeah, you're innocent or you're guilty. He brings you in, he collects evidence, and then the court decides. So, I don't really care what the court comes up with, so long as it's unbiased. If they come up with that she shouldn't be criminally punished, then that's fine. But still, the Department of Justice is basically saying that they don't want to press charges against somebody who has shown that they are grossly negligent and have possibly committed perjury. So, it's just a really messy, messy thing. And I think that Lynch might be trying to protect her job almost, because I think that Lynch might uh, get reappointed as attorney general if Hillary gets in, because Hillary likes her. So she doesn't want to press charges against Hillary, because that basically seals the deal that Hillary's not going to be president, and she'll lose her job. So, yeah. I think uh, it's clearly signs of the... Clinton uh, cabinet, especially with Bernie Sanders coming out of nowhere and supporting her even though he's been battling her for uh, six months now, maybe more. Yeah. Definitely more since like last August, right? So, it doesn't seem, it seems very anti-Bernie to sell out like that, so... Yeah, I'm really and I made a video on why that's so bad. It's up on our YouTube channel right now. Basically, I just outlined that Hillary Clinton, who is a member of the 1% and is funded by Wall Street and the big banks and whatnot, is being supported by Bernie Sanders, who swore to his followers and stuff when the campaign started that that's what he would fight, and that was the entire purpose behind his campaign. So it's all fundamentally wrong for him to support her. She should be his, like, number one enemy, alongside Donald Trump who isn't backed by big business and stuff, but still he's a member of the 1%. So if you're going to stand up in front of the American people and say that the 1% is the enemy, and then say, hey, we should vote for this person who's a member of the 1%, that's just completely and utterly wrong. It just baffles me that he can do that and not get that much backlash. He is getting backlash, and a lot of his supporters are going to Johnson and Trump. But still, it's not as much as I thought. A lot of his supporters are like, oh yeah, okay, we'll we'll vote for Hillary. When she is what... She is their enemy, basically. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, she's the sole reason why he's not in an office now. Or not in the... Slot for the Democrats. Yeah. I know, it doesn't make sense to me. It just proves that the... The... Bernie supporters are cucked, you know? Literally cucked, actually. It's like, hey, you can't vote for me, but you can vote for her. You know, she's the enemy. I guess in their minds, she's better than Trump, but... I don't know. It's hard for me to get my head around that. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, this case, because already there's enough evidence. Um... In this case, that is, there's more evidence than there typically is for most federal investigations like that come to charges in this case, but they're still not recommending charges. Yeah, it's really, really stupid. I still think that she needs to be charged, and 
needs to go because she endangered all of the people of America with how she handled classified information and stuff. In fact, that classified information is probably in the hands of our enemies or even our allies, you know, that just wanted our classified information. And, yeah, it's just a really bad situation, and it's not turning out how I wanted it to. I hope Congress does, like, do something uh, about Lynch and Comey and Hillary, and I hope that they find out some more information about them, find out uh, what their skeletons are when it comes to all this, and rip those skeletons out of their closet and show them before the American people, because no matter who you think would be good for president... It shouldn't be Hillary Clinton. Like, she does not have the... She... In her heart, she doesn't have the people. Because, yeah, I don't know how to word it. Um, I think we've already said it before. We don't need to restate it. Yeah. She doesn't... said Bernie, Bernie and Trump have the hearts of their respective parties. Yeah. In terms of actual people, in my opinion. Yeah, Bernie should have been the nominee for the, the for the Democrats, not Hillary Clinton. She won just because of uh, how entrenched she is in the Democratic Party and how many um, superdelegates she got just because she's literally, like, one of the top dogs in the, in the Democratic Party. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to our comment section and look and see about comments... Well, I mean, we have Bozeman chatting up a storm here all the way back yeah. in the very beginning. Uh, I'd be a hardcore 80-year-old playing The Sims. That's legit right there. Hashtag no world order. What, Bo? I, I believe in the new world order, man. I'm all about that. <laughs> he hopes the UK attacks India. Are there turkeys in Turkey? No, you see, because if the UK needs to reclaim its colonies back, you know, and then the world will be a better place. Yeah. Except for the United States. It's the only colony they can't get back. But they regain control over Canada, so that way it's no longer cucked. And they re they fix India, so it's no longer poo in the loo. And that's yeah. good. <laughs> poo in the loo? They take Pakistan back, because that was part of India, and they also take Bangladesh back, and it's all good. Yeah. They take over Indonesia. It's all good. I'm, I'm for that. Yeah, UK. British take over. UK takes over the world. They wouldn't take over the world. They just reclaim their cores, man. <laughs> reclaim their cores. You've been playing too much, like, Hearts of Iron and stuff, man. Yeah, but in that game, they already had their cores, so it's good. Yeah. Rightful British clay. Uh, what, they also said that Hillary is the feminist overlord of Tumblr? I don't think that's true. I don't think Hillary knows what Tumblr is. Yeah. I hope the end of the world happens so I can become Mad Max. I think we all do. I think the Rothschild conspiracy is true. What's that? You don't know what the Rothschild conspiracy is? No. Well, like... All the central banks of, like, most Muslim countries in the Middle East are all owned by the Rothschilds. They're a really 
rich uh, family, mm -hmm. and I believe they started the Iraq War. So some like conspiracy theory type stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's Austin. He believes in all the conspiracy theories. Not all of them. Like the crazy, stupid ones. Like the, you no, know, the lizard people is stupid. But like some of the nine eleven stuff has a lot of ground. Yeah. Some what about the... like the moon landing? I mean, that's I believe in that. That that doesn't really make sense, but. Like, here's a list of the, so the conspiracies that I believe in. 100% believe in is the JFK conspiracy. Um, I believe there was more than one shooter. Yeah. Uh, Semi believe in the Pearl Harbor slash 9-11 meme that both Bush and uh, Roosevelt knew that those attacks were going to happen. So he let people die, so that way he could go to war. Yeah. Um, the Rothschild uh, uh, conspiracy is uh, definitely a semi-belief. Um, I can't think there's any more. The conspiracies that I just don't believe in, because there's no ground. Definitely the moon landings. Um, the lizard people. Yeah. Um, that like ancient aliens. Like, ancient aliens. I mean, I semi. I'll semi. I'll put that in the semi. I'll put that the, the, uh, the pyramids may or may not have been built by aliens. No, they're, they're for I'll, grain storage. They're not for grain storage, but I will believe that aliens could have built them. I'll believe that. You know. Um. <laughs> okay. Before yeah. this gets. Gets too, no, too tinfoil hatish. We should probably call it quits. I'll definitely, I'll definitely put the new world order in the maybe pile. <laughs> oh god. So so far, the only hundred percent one that I'm actually can confront that I know I've done research, extensive research, is the JFK one. Yeah. I will never believe the Warren Court ruling on that. It is. No. Yeah. I, I believe the JFK one. Yeah. And there was definitely more than one shooter, and I think it might have been the CIA that did it. So, yeah. But we're going to end it here before Ted we Cruz's put father. on our... Before we... Yeah, <laughs> Ted Cruz's father. We're going <laughs> to end it here before we put on our tinfoil hats. Yeah, but he actually knew who Jack Ruby was, so I mean, and you never know. we'll see you guys next week.